This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello everyone, happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show. This afternoon with myself uh, in the building, Darius Sefna. Today is a bit of a rough day if you're a Cleveland sports fan. Um, not been the best week uh, to be supporting the land, but hey, we're passionate about our Cleveland sports teams and still have to keep you updated with them, of course. But first, let's keep you updated with your sports facts of the week. Today is December 4th, and on this day, back in 1960, the Detroit Lions downed the Baltimore Colts excuse me, 20-15 to on the game's final play at the Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. The Lions lead 13-8 with 15 seconds to play with Baltimore in possession on the Detroit 34-yard line. Johnny Unitas tosses a touchdown pass to Lenny Moore who makes a diving, tumbling catch in the end zone for a 15-13 lead. Fans pour onto the field, causing a long delay, but the Lions return the kickoff to the 35 and play halts again when the teams exchange punches. Detroit quarterback Earl Morrall then throws a punch to Jim Gibbons, who catches it between two defenders at the Baltimore 35 and races to the end zone to complete a 65-yard game-winning play. So all those stoppages in the end were worth it for Detroit as they find as they were able to defeat the Lions on this day, December fourth. Or excuse me, as they were able to defeat the Colts on this day, December fourth, way back in nineteen sixty. Hey, Premier League standings for you. Liverpool still remain atop of the group, forty points on the season for them, thirteen wins to go along with a draw, no losses on them for the season. Up to this point, Manchester City, with 15 matches played, 10 wins, 2 draws, and 3 losses for a combined 32 points. Leicester City have 10 wins, 2 draws, 2 losses for 32 points. And in 4th place, 6 points behind them is Chelsea, with 8 wins, 2 draws, and 4 losses for a combined 26 points. Crystal Palace, Tottenham Hotspur, the Wolves and Sheffield United round out that top eight for you this week in the Premier League. The upcoming matches today include a 2.30 p.m. Eastern time matchup. Chelsea and Aston Villa um, about to kick off here in the U.S. if you're watching it there. Um, also today, Leicester City taking on Watford. Southampton will face Norwich City. The Wolves will be facing off against West Ham United. Manchester United, Tottenham Hotspur today at 2.30 as well, along with Liverpool taking on Everton, Sheffield United and Newcastle, as well as Arsenal and Brighton to round out match day 15 of 38 for you in the English Premier League. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, how I was talking about the Detroit Lions as they defeated the Baltimore Colts way back in 1960. Well, the Detroit Pistons got a big win last night in Cleveland at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse against the Cavs. Final score of that game, 127-94. to The Pistons outscored the Cavs 30-18 to in the second quarter, and then 35-22 to in the third quarter. The Cavs were outscored in every single quarter of this game. 
eventually losing 127-94. to Blake Griffin was fantastic. Uh, 24, point, or 24 points in 24 minutes. Andre Drummond dominant in the paint. 17 points in 31 minutes to go along with 14 rebounds and 4 assists. Mikhail Luke um, for the Pistons as well. 15 points off the bench in 26 minutes. Langston Galloway also had a solid night in uh, 22 minutes with 14 points. Derrick Rose, not the Derrick Rose the, um, of the MVP years, but certainly got it done for his team last night. 12 points um, to go along with 9 assists for the reserve point guard of the Pacers. Markeith Morris doing what any of the, um, one of the Morris brothers can do, splashing in 12 points in 17 minutes as well. Now, I know it's just, oh, it's only 12 points, it's only 13 points, but it's a collective team effort. If everyone on the team is getting, you know, 12 to 15 points, if the scoring is balanced, therefore, it's going to lead to much, uh, much higher level of basketball, more efficient basketball, and that was not really the case with the Cavs. There were only four players last night who were able to get into double digits for the Cavs. Excuse me, only five players. Of the 15-man roster, Chetty Osman with 10 points, no rebounds, no assists. Kevin Love only had eight points. We'll get to that later. But the second of those five players for the Cavs included Tristan Thompson, who wasn't great, but he did haul in 14 rebounds for the Cavs. Colin Sexton had another strong night once more. 33 minutes, 22 points for the Young Bull. Kevin Porter Jr. and Jordan Clarkson um, combined for 22 points in 42 minutes. John Henson made um, came back to play his second game as a Cavalier after only playing about 8 minutes in their second game against the Pacers um, way back in October. Henson with only 2 points in 14 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Pistons, I talked about balanced scoring, had six players total reach at least ten points. Now, the Cavs did have five, but a lot of these other Cavs players just not making their presence felt. Alfonso McKinney, two points in nine minutes. Ante Zizic, only two points. Matthew Dellavedova, I don't know what's going on. Two points in only three minutes, and Brandon Knight is almost getting no time. This Cavs team, it honestly seems like they're almost becoming a mess. They're almost dysfunctional um, at some point. Kevin Love, as I mentioned, eight points. You know, the star, the star player, eight points in 22 minutes, three of seven from the field. He was two for two from three. He was making his threes. He wasn't getting the ball. He didn't go to the line at all um, in the game. Chetty Osman, as I mentioned, 10 points. Um, Tristan Thompson with 10, Sexton 22, and Garland 7. The starting lineup for the Cavs was not efficient outside of Colin Sexton. And as I said, Jordan Clarkson only had 10 points in 20 minutes. He was 4 for 10 from the field, 2 for 7 of 3. I don't know what has been happening with Jordan Clarkson these last few games. He was the Cavs' go-to scorer um, after scoring 28 against the Trailblazers and then getting another 23 this past, or excuse me, last Monday against the Brooklyn Nets. Clarkson has a total of 26 points um, through the last three games. 
Now, for an NBA-caliber player, and you know how much I rave about Jordan Clarkson, this is a guy who I believe can be, I'll stand by this, a backup point guard on a championship team. Not the starting point guard, you know, a reserve point guard, you know, a sixth man for a championship-caliber team. He has the ability to do that. His numbers have proven it. But his numbers these last few games um, have just been horrid. And it's not like he's getting, um, you know, less time to play. He's getting the same amount of time. You know, he's been averaging about 23 minutes this season. He had 20 minutes last night, only 10 points. 20 minutes on Friday against the Bucks, only 8 points. The 27th of November against the Magic, 16 minutes, 8 points, 1 of 6 from 3, 3 of 11 overall from the field. I just don't know and don't understand why this Cavs team hasn't been able to click. Tristan Thompson, after, you know, starting the season, Tristan Thompson, after probably having the best start of his NBA career, has just all of a sudden gone cold. He hasn't been as dominant as we know he can be, that leader that we all know uh, he can be. Larry Nance Jr. has talked about, you know, improving his three-point shooting. Well, first of all, he didn't even attempt at least, he only attempted three uh three-point shots, only hit one of them. Now, of course, he has been improving that three-point stroke, but it's just not been efficient enough for this Cavs team to win. Every time they bring the ball up the court, it seems like the it, it's not moving enough. Um, and John Beeline emphasizes that, um, you know, so much in his pregame um, discussions with the media. You know, this past Friday, I even went, as you know, um, to shadow a Cavs game, and I went to um, the media room to hear Coach John Beeline's pregame interview, and he was just emphasizing ball movement, ball movement, you know, defense, quality transition defense, and the Cavs showed, you know, none of that last night, especially in that third quarter when they got outscored 35-22, to 22, keep in mind. But nonetheless, let's hear what second-year guard Colin Sexton had to say, and in terms of the overall runs, that the Cavs and Pistons made in last night's loss. Like I said, the game is it's about runs, and uh, they made a lot more runs than we did. So when it's like that, we gotta pretty much just come together and um, dig deep and just and fight. The problem with that, Mr. Sexton, is that the Cavs haven't found that will to fight. The last time I di- I didn't see any will to fight last night, to be specific. On Friday against the Bucks, that third quarter for the Cavs was fantastic. In that third quarter alone, the Cavs bombed in 42 points um, to go along um, with a plethora of threes. The last five or six field goals from the Cavs in that third quarter against the Bucks were all three-point attempts. So the Cavs have the ability to do it. It's just they were not able to um, contribute They were not able to be that effective last night at home against the Pistons. This is a six-game homestand the Cavs um, have been in. Their last game of the homestand is this Friday against the Orlando Magic, who they saw only um, a week ago. Uh, They lost to the Magic at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, 116-104. But as I mentioned, in this six-game homestand, um, through the first five games, the Cavs have only won one of them. And if you can't even win on at home in the confines of your own floor, 
how do you expect to go out in the road and face these elite teams in their building and walk away with a win? It just baffles me a little bit to see the promise that I saw with this Cavs team, who started out the year 2-2. Two and two. I saw a lot of promise, especially that game, you know, against the Pacers, against the Bulls. The Cavs were 2-2. Two and two. They kept the Pacers on November 1st, a 95-102, um, you know, were staying competitive, and now it's like they've just lost all hope. Um, they're now 5-16, and 16 on, or excuse me, they're now 5-15 and 15 on the NBA season. They are 13th in the NBA's Eastern Conference. They're 5-15, and 15, as I mentioned. They've lost four in a row. They haven't won since last Saturday um, against the Trailblazers on November 23rd. They're three and eight at home. They're even worse on the road at two and seven. One and nine in their last ten. You know, after I once, as I said, I saw a lot of promise this season, but now that hope is slowly dimming away from many of us Cavs fans. And let's not get sympathetic here because the Cavs have some teams in their upcoming schedule that will show absolutely no mercy on them whatsoever. After that match I mentioned this past Friday against the Magic, the Cavs are heading um, on another East Coast trip, a quick two-game um, East Coast road trip, first to Philadelphia, where they kept it competitive. That's when the Cavs really were um, playing some fantastic basketball, um, losing to the Sixers 99-90. to 90, Sorry. They eventually lost that game to the Sixers, 97 uh, to 98, off a last-second dunk by Joel Embiid. The Cavs were in that game throughout, and now with some lost momentum and the 76ers um, re- starting to regain their footing in the Eastern Conference, the 76ers are 15 and six, winning four in a row, and they're perfect at the confines of the Wells Fargo Center. They're one of the uh, two only teams in the entire, or excuse me, one of three only teams in the entire NBA who are unbeaten at home. The other two are the Celtics and the Miami Heat. But as I mentioned, Cavs, they'll be going to Philadelphia to play the Sixers on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. The Cavs will then be um, in Boston, Massachusetts at the TD Garden, 7.30 to take on Kemba Walker and the Celtics. The Cavs will then head home for a quick game against the Houston Rockets, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. They might not even have to play, and the Rockets can still win that game, the way the Cavs have looked at this point. The Cavs will then head to San Antonio, Milwaukee, and Toronto before returning home on Wednesday the 18th. But for right now, the Cavs just need to focus on one game at a time. This Friday against the Magic, I need to see some signs of life. This is not a Magic team who have, you know, performed great out of the gates. They're 9-11. They're 6-4 in their last two. They are 2-7 on the road. So only in the Magic's two road wins, one of them was in Cleveland against the Cavs. So the Cavs need to come out with some type of vengeance. Uh, Magic are 7-4 at home. They're six and eight against opponents within their conference. They're eight and a half games behind 
first place for the East. Let's keep you updated with those NBA standings uh, to mention it. The Los Angeles Lakers just defeated the Denver Nuggets last night by a final score of 105-96. to LeBron has been looking fantastic in his 17th year in the NBA. Just astounding what he's been able to do. Now with Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and that uh, Lakers core um, that is full of a lot of professionals like Danny Green, JaVale McGee, of course Kyle Kuzma there as well. So we cannot um, close our eyes um, to this Lakers team. The Clippers are in second place, maybe the top two teams, since the top two teams at this point are the two L.A. teams, the Lakers and the Clippers, respectively, at one and two. Could this possible possibly mean we have a Western Conference Finals preview? Clippers are 16-6. and six. They have won their last two games. 9-1 and one in their last ten. They're 13-1 and one at the confines of Staples Center, but they are 3-5 and five on the road, looking to polish that up. The Nuggets, 13-5 and five on the season. They've lost their last two. The Mavericks, the Rockets, Jazz, Timberwolves, and Suns respectively round out that top eight for you in the Western Conference. Let's be a little more specific in the East. Uh, number one, we have Milwaukee, who have won 12 straight games. Nine and one at home, nine and two on the road, looking like the Bucks we saw last year. But last year they lost to the second seeded Raptors in six games. Can Giannis now with an MVP title um, wheel his team in the playoffs against those upper echelon squads? Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat have been fantastic. They defeated the Toronto Raptors last night in overtime. By a final score of 121 to 110, they will be in Boston uh, tonight to take on the Celtics at TD Garden, who are undefeated at home. All of Miami's five losses, as I mentioned, because they are undefeated at home, all those five losses have been on the road. The defending champion Raptors, 15 and 5, have exceeded expectations a little bit, um, losing, uh, obviously, as I said, to the Heat last night, but they are still 8-2 in their last 10, 9-3 against conference opponents, and 9-1 at Scotiabank Arena. The Celtics, who have looked like an actual basketball team this year, it's not like the Kardashian uh, NBA show with the Celtics this year. Kemba Walker has been fantastic with the Celtics. They look to remain undefeated at home tonight against the Heat. The Pacers are in the sixth seed. As I mentioned, Philly is number five. Six are the Pacers at 13 and seven. The Nets are at 10 and 10. Kyrie Irving will miss at least two more games for the Nets due to a right shoulder injury. The Magic are in eighth place. Um, as I mentioned, they'll be taking on the Cavs in Cleveland on Friday night, nine and 11, their overall record. And that rounds out the playoff standings right now for the Eastern Conference. But yes, everyone, I know the playoffs um, are still a very long time away, uh, and we still have a lot to play for in the NBA. We will keep you updated with Cavs basketball and news all around the NBA in the next coming weeks here on the Cleveland Sports Show. And I did say it was a rough week for you Cleveland sports fans. 
And unfortunately, the news that I'm about to bring to you doesn't make this week any better either. The Cleveland Browns, that's right. The Cleveland Browns, who were expected to, by many NFL analysts, to defeat the Steelers for the second time this season. The game was in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, of course. And the Browns got off to a fantastic start. After the first quarter, they're up 3 to nothing. They eventually score a touchdown and are up 10 nothing. Well, then they give up 20 straight points to go down 20 to 10. The Browns then would eventually give up or score a field goal um, to cut the lead to 7, but it was just um, too little too late as um, Baker Mayfield able to run a uh, pass for 196 yards. Let's hear what he had to say um, on the condition of his hand. Um, on Sunday afternoon, Baker Mayfield threw a pass, and is um, as he threw the pass, his hand was met by the helmet of a Pittsburgh Steeler. Um, Baker had to get some treatment on the sideline, but he was able to play um, for the remainder of the game, and uh, play uh, respectively decent. But let's hear from Baker himself on how his hand and wrist have been doing um, since the game had concluded. Uh, hit the face mask. Um, obviously with a little bit of speed and force on that, trying to throw a long ball. Um, x-rays were negative, so that's good news. Um, just got a little numb, um, took some medicine, went back out there, so we'll see. And we definitely will be seeing soon as the Browns will head back home to First Energy Stadium for their um, for two more home games in their regular season. They'll be taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, who have just had a horrid season. They are one and eleven on the season. They won their most recent game against the New York Jets, six to twenty-two. The final score in that one. The Bengals outscored the Jets 10-3 overall in that second quarter, and the Browns will definitely have their hands full in that case. The game will begin at 1 p.m. from First Energy Stadium, and we will keep you updated on Browns updates, but let's have some of the best analysts in the NFL give you a quick preview as to what, uh, what to expect for Sunday afternoon. Bengals are off the schneid, but are on the road this week, off to Cleveland, where they get a Brown squad feeling very off, but hoping to get back on a winning streak if they want to keep their faint playoff hopes alive. Predictions will be here before you know it, but first, the numbers game. The Red Rifle is alive and well, thank you very much. The red zone issues that this offense has had this season. Blanche for Dalton, off the seam, and is caught for the touchdown! Andy Dalton, benched in favor of Ryan Finley, made his first start since week eight and made sure the Bengals did not finish the year without a win. Dalton's passing numbers weren't spectacular by any means, but he didn't turn the ball over and he was only sacked once. It's unlikely he'd blow up in this matchup either, as Cleveland's pass defense has been strong. They've held teams under 215 passing yards per game and have held opposing QBs to a passer rating under 90. Their run defense is another matter, though, giving up well over 4.5 yards a carry, and they're 26th in rush yards per game allowed. So all that spells out a potentially big game for Joe Mixon. Opportunities, they just haven't been able to cash it in. Quick snap, Mixon, Dalton, 
for the touchdown! Mixon found pay dirt against the Jets last week, and while the rest of his stat line wasn't anything to write home about, it was against the league's top run defense. And as we just pointed out, the Browns' D is on the opposite end of the spectrum in that area. And Mixon was on a nice run prior to facing the Jets, so he could be the focal point for the offense against Cleveland. Running backs could also take center stage for the Browns' offense this week, though it's hard to know which one will do it. Nope, they're going to give it to Hunt and a blast up the middle for a first down. Kareem Hunt continues to steal carries from Nick Chubb, and he continues to do good things with them. His 6.6 yards per carry, besting Chubb's 3.6 last week. Cleveland's rush attack has been hitting at well over 4.5 yards per carry this season, while Cincy has been giving up pretty much that same figure on the ground. And of course, there's Baker Mayfield, who on paper should also have a big game against the Bengals based on their body of work. But Mayfield is coming off a rough outing that saw him get sacked five times while throwing the game-ending interception. Cleveland only converted four of their 12 third-down attempts against the Steelers. The Bengals, meantime, ranked near the bottom in stopping teams from converting, so it's another area the Browns will be looking to improve in. Will they do it, keep their fading chances at a postseason berth alive, or is Zach Taylor going to get his second Gatorade bath in as many weeks? Let's check out what our experts have to say on that. The pickoff by Terrence Mitchell for Cleveland, and Mitchell has some room. And let's be a little more specific with you fans um, on those on those predictions to Sunday's game, three NFL analysts, only t one, uh, chose Cincinnati to actually prevail against the Browns by a slim score of 24-21. to 21. The other two have the Browns winning, one by, 30 to, by a score of 30-26, to 26, another by the final score of 33-14. to 14. So, can the Browns get a blowout um, early? and keep their playoff hopes alive, or can the Cincinnati Bengals um, f um, cause the upset in Cleveland on the road and also get their first road win of the year? So many questions will be answered on Sunday afternoon. You can catch the game at 1 o'clock on CBS, Browns-Bengals, Week 14. We will see what they, uh, the Browns have in store for us. But ladies and gentlemen, that concludes um, the Cleveland Sports Show for this week. Before I get going, though, I would like to mention that if you haven't seen my Twitter account, I have been posting um, some recent news in there lately, including my most recent podcast, as well as my experience with the Cavs shadowing um, uh, group last Friday. Um, I posted some pictures on NordoniaHills.News. You can see them there as well. And I also posted those pictures on my Twitter account. You can find my Twitter account at Nordonia Sports is my handle. You can just also type in my name, D-A-R-A-Y-U-S-S-E-T-H-N-A is how you spell it. If you can spell it, I'll be impressed. If you can pronounce it, I'll be even more impressed. But ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the Cleveland Sports Show for this week. Thank you so much for joining me, and we will see you um, to talk about next week to talk about Browns Bengals, more Cavs updates, and a lot more here from Rodonia High School. Until then, thank you so much.